Welcome to When Life Stops, a podcast on finding new meaning after loss with your host, Daytola and Stella. We are both moms who have loved and lost. Every week, you would hear more about our stories, relatable interviews, as well as practical tips that you can apply to help you find new meaning after loss. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of When Life Stops, a podcast on finding new meaning after loss. What a journey we've been taking you, our dear listeners, on talking all things loss and grief. Wow. And last week, we had a very interesting interview as we explored the subject of men and grief. So check it out if you missed it. Mm -hmm. Today, myself and my beautiful, amazing co-host, Detola. Yes, we will be talking about all things loss and its impact on marriage. I know. So many losses impact marriage. And remember, we discussed in episode three that there are over 43 losses that are considered to invoke grief. But for the purpose of today's discourse, we were yeah. limited to debt and we would focus more on child loss and how it affects marriage. So that's all. Let's ju- um, dive in. Mm. Now, a few articles purport that divorce rate after child loss is around 80%, mm. with 90% of marriages having difficulties. Wow. I found this very alarming mm. and it is indeed a myth. Yeah, I thought so. That that number is quite huge, isn't it? Yeah. And actually, those claims are based on statistics from a study done by Teresa Rando in 1985 on bereaved parents. Okay. But then there's a recent study from 2006, which was commissioned by the Compassionate Friends. Mm. And what they came what they came out with was that parental divorce following the death of a child was found to be around 12%. Oh, that's encouraging. Yeah, so that's reassuring, you yeah. know, like, oh, when it's not all gloom and doom. Mm. Um, so obviously, no doubt loss, no doubt, loss brings with it an added level of complexity so true, to yeah. a marriage. Mm. Even a marriage with strong foundations is not exempt that's, that's so true. from turbulence. Mm. How much more one that already hmm. has underlying issues. Yeah. And, you know, I did hear from... I think it was a podcast I was listening to. I can't remember who. That it is not usually the death Mm. of a child that causes parents to get divorced, Mm. but usually the judgment Mm. about how each partner is grieving the loss. That's so true. (laughs) And now I watched, I actually watched this movie by um, Will Smith Mm. called Collateral Beauty. And it's a very beautiful movie and it kind of touched on, it showed how Will Smith, um, was grieving mm. as a father who lost a child. Wow. I need and to go watch yeah, it. Yeah, you should. It, it's a good go one. Watch it. It's a good one. Collateral anyway, so, Beauty by yeah. Will Smith. All yeah. right. Anyway, yeah. So let, let's go back to, to the topic <laughs> of today anyway. <laughs> now, yeah. you know, they usually say that the death of a child is one of the most difficult and traumatic events that mm. a family can face. Mm. It is devastating, yet it is a unique experience mm. for each individual <clears throat> of the family unit. Yeah. You know, and we, it's both nuclear yeah. and extended in its reach. Yeah. So the members feel as though they've been ripped apart, you yeah. know, and each one is left to cope and deal with the pain. You have the mother, you have the father, you have mm. the in-laws, the grandparents, the everyone, the children involved. Everyone is part of this pain and then they're left 
to kind of deal with it on their own. Mm. And this pain, bear in mind, is foreign. Yeah. They've never experienced it before. Mm -hmm. It's difficult and burdensome. Yeah. And it can create tension and conflict. Yeah. And it's usually said that crisis brings mm. about crisis, mm. you know? Yeah. And the greater stress is put on the marriage relationship. Mm. Wow, this is so, so true, Stella. I mean, think about it. The death of a child is a violation of the yeah, natural order yeah. of things. You never expect that. You Every know. parent yeah. expects that it is their children mm, that will bury them. That's so no true. No parent ever dreams yeah. or thinks mm, or imagine yeah. that they will be the one burying their children. Wow. So because this natural order has now been altered mm. and parents now have to readjust to a new normal mm. that doesn't make sense. This wow. is where the struggle that's begins. It. That's it. That's it. You and said so, it beautifully. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one of the one of the strong one of the secondary losses that happens when a parent loses a child is one of identity, mm. loss of identity. Mm. The personal identity of each parent wow. is affected. Wow. Because in a way it's tied to their child, especially mm. if it's the first child. Mm. And you know, this will change um as you know it, it, it changes it, it your lifestyle change, yeah it changes yeah. your lifestyle yeah. you know so for me remember Moraki is a twin mm. i was known as a mom of twins twins wow and now suddenly i'm like am i still a mom of twins mm. I, I still call myself I, a mom yeah. of twins but now I'm, I'm my reality is that i'm not living a life of a mom, mom of twins. twins do you see what i mean wow so i still when sometimes i remember one time my dad called and he was like because usually, you know, in Nigeria, they call you Mama Ibeji and the, your, or something. Yeah, Mama Ibeji or Mama <laughs> your child twins. So. so he called me Mama Grace. That's Morakion's twins name. And I said, mm -mm, it is Mama Ibeji. Oh, wow. I still wanted to be identified, identified as, as the mother of twins. Wow. So even though, yes, I'm not living the life of a mother of twins. Hmm. Hello, I pushed two babies out mm. of me. I am going to hold on to that identity mm. for as long as I can. Wow. That, that's me. Wow. <laughs> Don't wow. judge me. Wow. You know, it's so true. This whole redefining yourself after loss. Because when Tamara died, you know, I was so used to looking after her. So mm. I shared that Tamara was diagnosed with an incurable disease. Mm. And the latter part of her life, she had to be supported. There was a lot of care and investment that went into looking after her. You know, I had to be involved in her breeding, her eating, mm. every single thing, wow. you know, and I had just taken up this persona as, mm -hmm. you know, super mommy, yeah. Yeah. you know, gadget mommy. Mm. I knew everything. I had to do everything. And when she died, mm. I was like, who am I again? Yeah. You know, what do I do? Yeah. You know, I have so much free time all of a sudden, mm. you know, what do I do? Who am I? Because my identity was so centered yeah. around looking after her. Yeah. You know, she was my purpose mm. for living at yeah, that time. Right. And then I was like, okay, what yeah. do I do with myself? Yeah. You know, so I felt purposeless, yeah. you know. And now, an article I once read summarized it nicely. It said that the death of a child usually acts instead mm. to polarize the existing factors found in the marriage. Mm. Hence, some marriages get worse, okay. some get better, yeah. some just maintain, mm -hmm. and some actually do end in divorce. Mm. So it's not like it is the loss, yeah, as in exactly. the loss event yeah. that destroys the marriage. Yeah. It's the pre-existing issues mm -hmm. that were there before. Mm. 
you know and when i was reading that article it just reminded me about the house yeah. you know when the bible talks about the house whose foundation was built with sand, sand yeah. and then when the winds and the storms came it shattered yeah you know so it your foundation it just reveals this yeah. loss has just come to reveal yeah. what it was built on sure you know whereas the marriages that have sustained the loss of a child you know they experience the same valleys and peaks as mm. any other marriages mm. you know but it's just that it's in a more exaggerated form yeah. whether they become better or worse one thing is sure that that marriage will never ah. be the same again mm. as it was before the child's death mm. you know and that's why i believe so strongly that as christians we should involve we should invest in yeah. building the foundations of our home and basing our home on god's word yeah you're so so right you're yeah. so right if the foundation is shaky mm. and something like a major loss comes mm. and even for some it might not be it might not even lo be loss, loss. Of a child. financial loss yes financial loss or parent health loss, loss health loss those things flare yeah. up yeah um and show exactly what your marriage is built yeah. on so yeah, yeah you're so, so right true. about that it's yeah. so true it's so true so I've, I've often I've often heard this myth that it is easier to deal with the loss of a child who was an infant hmm. than an adult. I remember I shared that yeah. example mm. where someone was trying to console me and said, "Oh, mm. his uncle's child was fifteen when the child died." Mm. A child is a child the is a child, child. Is a child. The fact remains that death of any child is painful. 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 Whether it is a it's miscarriage, painful. a topic pregnancy infant loss, mm. grown child. If a 70-year-old woman mm. loses a 50-year-old child, as yeah, an example, yeah. the loss will still be intense. intense. Mm. And the same way a woman mm. who had felt her baby Kick. and then, you know, gives birth to a stillbirth mm. or had a miscarriage, mm. like we established on previous episodes, episodes yeah. your loss grief is, is unique. Mm -hmm. Your grief is unique, so you can't compare. Yes, the intensities mm. might be different, but your pain is your pain. Yeah. Not to be minimized, mm. not to be compared mm. with any other person's um, loss. Yeah. So, and so neither the de depth or time of he healing differs because of the age of a child or the parents. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And another assumption is the belief that parents can get over the death of their child faster and easier than other family members because they have each other to lean <laughs> on wow not so mm. not so so even though it's a common loss mm. like we've we keep saying over and over again each person's reaction to that loss is unique wow grieving spouses sporadically are able to support each other but they each feel a profound sense of isolation. Wow, this isolation thing is it, so it, true. It's so, and it's yeah, so real. It is. You know, it's very common for, for you as a mom to want to focus on your feelings mm. and your needs. And, you know, everything, everything is about you, which is normal. Because it, and when you do that, you find that you have little energy left mm. to even invest in your spouse mm. or your kids. Wow. Because you are so engulfed in your pain your own pain your own grief your own yeah. experience of it exactly and um, so many times too much is expected of the marriage relationship wow one person is expecting the other person to meet all their emotional <laughs> needs wow. they, they want them to take the pain away wow. and when that person can't mm -mm. they begin That's to feel it. resentment yeah. oh, wow. anger hurt abandonment towards their spouse 
And that's why I said it's usually the judgment mm. of how you're not helping, helping me grieve me or, or you're your, not grieving like I yes, want you to grieve. Yes. It is that's those things, things yeah. that would cause a fight or an argument. Yeah. And before you know it, it becomes very damaging mm. to a marriage. Wow. And that is when the vicious cycle begins. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Honestly, this, I've had people tell me how upset they were with their spouses mm. because they were not grieving in the way they expected them to grieve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard things like he has moved on too quickly. Mm. Like, she doesn't want to stop talking about him. Mm. Can't she just deal with it and mm. move on? Mm. You know, or someone will say, oh, he does his work, 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 work. You know, but we need to understand that everyone grieves differently and should be allowed to do so. We cannot stress this enough. Hmm. How one will naturally respond to grief as a man or as a woman yeah. is conditioned by other factors. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things like their personality as yeah. well. You know, one's previous experience with loss, yeah. the cultural role one has inherited from parents, mm-hmm. and the unique relationships that they've had with the person who's died. So, yeah. it, it honestly, it's really not fair yeah. to put people in mm-hmm. a box, you know, and tell them how they should grieve, yeah. you know, and, and be upset about how they choose to grieve. Yeah. You know, it's, we, we need to really be aware of each person's journey, yeah. even in the marriage relationship, yep. you know. True. So now let's talk again about the different ways male and female grieve. Um, we touched this in the last episode, mm. but I think it's what we're visiting. Mm-hmm. Because in a marriage, you have yeah. a man, yeah. you have a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember reading one book that men are made in Mars <laughs> and women are in <laughs> Venus. And, you know, the understanding that is needed yeah. to know how each person responds yeah. is needed. Mm-hmm. So let's break those differences again. Yeah. Okay. So um, female, female versus male grieve. When mm. females grieve, it's generally you know um and on most occasions they tend to, females tend to grieve more deeply mm. in an intense manner and for longer periods of time mm. um because for instance the mo- mother was in more or less yeah. most times involved in the day-to-day activities of taking care of the child mm. such as the meals the child will like their favorite songs mm. their cartoons taking them to school mm. um taking them for their GP appointments, mm. all of those things. Mm. So they have more reminders yeah. of that child's life. Although, you know, with more dads looking after children mm. these days, yeah. the bond and effects might just be as strong as the mom. That's so true. Yeah. And then generally, so again, we're not trying to just put men in a box in or box, women yeah. in a box, but, you know, these are just like um, general reactions differences, yeah. or differences. Men are more task-oriented. That's so true. And so they focus more on that um, side of things as mm. opposed to the relationships. They are defined more by their work than emotional ties. Mm. So their grief tends to be more inward, inward. and less observable. <laughs> and then society doesn't help. Yes. They tell men, don't cry. Mm. Be strong for your strong. family. Protect your family. Mm. You know, pull, so, yourself pull yourself together. Be a man. Ooh. You know, mm. but women are allowed to cry while men are, <laughs> are told to be strong. Can you imagine? And then when you have a woman who refuses to, to cry, cry. Yeah, and she like, just wants to get to work and mm, be productive, mm-hmm. they say there's something wrong with her. Yes. They start blaming her and excusing yeah. her. So you see, society doesn't really help. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and you know, grief in males seem to seem to decline much more rapidly than in females, mm. and it's probably because females are more expressive. Yeah, you know. Um, so while the husband's grief is decreasing. Mm. 
it appears that the wife's grief is either increasing <laughs> or this <laughs> remains constant. And so this needs oh, to be dear. recognized and mm. understood by both spouses as a normal phenomenon. Mm, yeah. We're yeah. different. Yeah. We react to grief differently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's so true. Yeah. You see, wives, on the other hand, you know, are the ones that will come and tell you that they're upset. Yes. They feel resentment at their husbands mm. for not grieving outwardly, for mm. not showing, for not talking about yeah. it. You know, while husbands have difficulty in truly understanding their the extent of their wife's mm, mourning, mm, you know, mm. it, 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 it upsets them to mm. see her crying. Yeah. You know, they want to jump in and help, mm. but they don't know what to do yeah. because this, they feel like she's overreacting by mm. crying over the, all the time and that they're not just dealing with reality. Yeah. You know, but the truth is women deal with their feelings more directly yeah. and can be open in revealing yes. what they feel. Yes. If they are scared, they are sad, mm-hmm. inadequate, they tell you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's considered a statement, a statement of facts. Yeah. You know, it's easier for a wife to ask for support. Yeah. You know, and other people will clap for yes. her and say, yeah, well, well done. done. It's not seen as a sign of defeat or weakness. Mm-hmm. They, it's encouraged. Yeah. They tell you, oh, go and talk to this person. Mm-hmm. Oh, go and speak to, you know. Consequently, what a wife sees as an appropriate or helpful expression of feelings, mm. her husband sees it as him losing control mm. and a blow to his ego. Yeah. You know, when a man seeks for help, they say he's weak. Mm-hmm. You know, when a man opts to go for counseling, they say, ah, this one is too emotional. <laughs> you know, but the, the thing is, men's oh. ten, men males tend to grieve privately. privately. Yeah. You know, and I observe this even in my own marriage mm. with my husband. Yeah. Because... I can't remember seeing him cry. Mm. But many years later, he did tell me that when he went to work, when he was on night shift, mm. he would walk, you know, and just be crying mm. all by himself, all to himself. And I was like, oh, why didn't you tell me? Mm. You know, we could cry together. together. But that was a part of him yeah. that he was not, he had not yet gotten to. He was yeah. not, you know, vulnerabilities where you say, see me as yeah. I am. But it takes a while for men to get to that place. Mm-hmm. You know, they cry. Yeah. That's the truth. Men cry, but they cry privately. Yeah. They want to be alone. They want to work it out. Yeah. You know, and they want their wives to leave them alone. Mm. You know? But also, men feel great pain when mm. people ask how their wives are True. doing. And nobody asks mm-hmm. them. So how are you doing? You know? Huh. It hurts them. Mm-hmm. Because when you ask how their wife is doing, they always say, you know, she's fine. And when you ask their wives how their husbands exactly. are doing, they say he's, he's fine. fine. Yeah. You know, he's, he's doing okay. Yeah. You know, but in many cases, hmm. it's repeatedly come up that men saw yeah. not asking after them, you know, not asking how they were doing, how they were coping. Mm-hmm. It meant that their grief was less mm-hmm. and unimportant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we had this child together. Yeah. You know, you suffered the miscarriage. I did too. I had mm. my dreams, my hopes and yeah. ex- expectations too. So I'm suffering too. But when you don't ask me, yeah. I feel like I, I'm not important my here. Not important. My grief is not important. Yeah. You know, and men also reported that some of the sharpest pain they felt came from the fact that they could not protect their child. Yeah, yeah. You know, they yeah. couldn't do anything because yeah. men are action oriented. Yeah, guilt, blame and blame you know. Yeah. They feel that they feel that shame and helplessness, you know, that comes when they fail to do what they've believed is their job and protector. Yeah. That's what society says. I'm here to protect the family mm. and especially their child. Wow. Wow. So, ah. I mean, all, all of that just goes to show that 
understanding how mm. men and women grieve is so important wow. and crucial and nobody teaches or prepares you for loss yeah when you're even when you're doing premarital counseling they don't talk about it because mm. god forbid you're not going to lose your child mm. so no one's talking about it mm. and i think they should yes you know churches should begin to speak on loss mm. and and you know and 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 I'm even babbling, sir. I know. You know, but churches it's a, it's need to one, speak about it and equip their their members so they can deal with with it. And starting from marriage counseling. Mm. But you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but I also know maybe in my little experience when people start talking about loss and it hasn't impacted you, you tend to switch off because mm. your mind you're like, it's not going to happen to me. Mm. So why am I listening to this? It's mm. like I'm inviting. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, I, where, I mean? and that's where more stories yeah. need to be shared. shared exactly. Because mm-hmm. loss does not look like anybody mm. else. It's me and you. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. it's beside you, it's around you. Definitely. You know? More stories need to be shared. More stories need to be shared. So yeah. um, if, you're, if you're listening, I trust that you're gaining insight so you can better relate. But even so, this is not a one-size-fits-all approach. Yeah. So Stella, let's discuss some of the main problems couples face after mm. going through loss wow you know i think the most common one and something that i have you know heard a lot when counseling women is sexual problems Mm. you know the lack of it the loss of desire or in extreme cases you have one person Mm. you know making too many sexual demands Mm. you know the sexual intimacy of the couple is in a sense interrupted by the Mm. death of a child Mm. you know for some men, they want to return more quickly yeah. to their sexual relationship. You know, sometimes within a week, you know, as they find that it provides some form of escapism mm. and comfort, you know. However, some men lose interest in sex and they feel worthless and mm. inadequate, which equates to being unable to function sexually. Wow. I mean, when your heart is broken, yeah. you yeah. know, you don't want to mm-hmm. engage in yeah. sex, mm. you know. And now there's also the difference between sex and lovemaking. Mm-hmm. So you can still have sex, but there's no exchange of love. There's yeah. no passionate lovemaking, hmm. you know. And women might not want to engage in sex because, you know, I don't want to get pregnant Pregnancy. because yeah. I'm still dealing with the fear. Yeah. And I think for me that happened mm. because here was I, we've just been handed a diagnose, you know, your daughter you know, this thing is genetic that Mm. happened to her. So every other child you have, Mm. there's a possibility that, ah, so I'm like, please don't come near me. I need to get to the point where I have, you know, dealt with this. And, you know, I used to say, please, I need to pray. I need to pray. (laughs) Just give me time. You know, I need to stand on scriptures and pray as in, I'm not ready as in, you know, and some women, it just leaves them feeling sexually numb. Yeah uninterested in sex mm. and then if they are um, partaking in it they are not even responding mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know and those that did have a very healthy sexual relationship before the death of their child may actually return very quickly to a sexual relationship mm. so you see it's 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 it varies, yeah, it varies. you know yeah. you will find them usually sobbing and crying in bed holding each other over the loss mm. of their child and the warmth and closeness yeah. ends up in a sexual intercourse yeah. you know so Sex is one thing that is usually yeah. affected. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that um I'm affected uh, or you know as a result of a loss is emotional distance. Mm. Back to that word isolation mm. and being preoccupied with yourself. Mm. And you just find that, you know, 
you don't have anything in common to share there's lack of fun and laughter everyone's just looking sad mm. morose mm. yeah that, that's another big one emotional wow. emotional distancing wow mm. wow mm. and that could also lead to more conflicts yeah you know fighting over trivial things mm -hmm. you know and things that were not usually an issue before yeah. become big things you know and it just reminds us of the fact that hurting people hurt people you know even those that they love you can't help yourself you're hurting you know and misery loves company yeah <laughs> as in if you're miserable you're yes. like okay nobody in this house, house is going busy. to be happy <laughs> as in you're like okay why is the house dirty mm. why why is my favorite food not you just mm -hmm. look for every opportunity yeah. because misery loves company mm. and you might find that you know the other person is 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 wanting to make sure the other person is, is suffering, suffering mm. as much as they are mm. you know things like some sarcastic comments Comment, yeah. harmful accusations you know and withdrawing sex as a means of punishment mm. You know, and we need to be mindful and beware that in those times when we feel empty and without love, that we can be ugly mm, and true. unbearable to live with, true. you know. True. And this is where, as Christians, we have to be able to examine ourselves and say, ah, no, 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 no. It's not my husband's fault. Mm -hmm. It's not my fault. Mm -hmm. I'm not beautiful at this stage. Mm. God help me. Mm. You know, we need to give our, our partner a break. And we, if we feel that this is becoming a norm, it's becoming problematic, every day is fight, 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 please pause. Yeah. Pause. Seek help. Yeah. Start by talking to a trusted friend, mm -hmm. a marriage mentor, request prayers, but it's obvious that help is needed. Mm -hmm. You know, share, you, you need to be able to seek help. Yeah. You know, and for us, honestly, Dita, I think we got to... Um, the year three mm. the first two years you know we were living in a different we were living in different towns mm. and by the time we got together it was obvious that a lot of change had happened yeah. you know we had been dealing with our loss yeah, separately and then when we came back moved back to london we're living in the same house i was like ah somebody has changed mm. me too i had changed yeah but I was quick to point out that my husband had changed. <laughs> he was not, you know, as kind as he used to be. He was not as caring as he used to be. But it, it was because something was fundamentally wrong. Yeah. You know, and we used to have fights. Hmm. Constant quarrel. Wow. The house was on fire. Wow. You know, and this carried on for, I think, about two years. Hmm. Two years of constant fighting. Hmm. And what was it? The root cause was the fact that grief yeah. was unresolved. Wow. You know, and I think it got to a point one day where I said, okay, enough is enough. We yeah. can't carry on like this. If we carry on like this, our children will be affected because mm -hmm. now we have other children. Mm -hmm. You know, people around us will yeah. be affected. So mm -hmm. let's go and carry ourselves mm -hmm. and go and present ourselves before our pastors mm -hmm. and say, ah, this help thing, us help us so it's not working before we kill each other, you know? And getting to that point where we cried to God yeah. and we sought help, yeah. that was when change began to wow. happen. That's so encouraging. You Thank know. you for sharing that, you know, that part of your story. It's, it's encouraging. And I'm hoping it would encourage our listeners as well who may mm. be going through um, a hard time in their marriage yeah. after the loss, any loss that you may have experienced. Mm. Now, if the child was the glue that held a marriage together, mm. they have a need... You know, they need to find a new foundation yeah. because they may begin to drift mm. since the glue that held the marriage 
he's no longer there. Wow. That's so powerful, you know? So there's a need to wow. build a new normal mm. and find another common ground. Wow. This doesn't necessarily mean having another child, you know, because, so you're not trying to replace the mm. loss. But, you know, speaking, sitting down, talking together to consider the foundation of the marriage and rekindle the love again is, wow. is quite crucial wow. in, in, in um, rebuilding, rebuilding. You know, the, yeah. the marriage. Wow. So much is possible. Recovery is possible, you know, and you can recover the love and the affection that was once lost. It is so possible to recover that. I know some of you might be listening and you're thinking, ah, uh, we've, we've, we've bickered and fought for so long. It's like there's a big gulf mm. that is separating us. Our wow. marriage can never be the same again. Mm. So we've changed. Yeah. The truth is, grief changes you. Yeah. Grief changes you. Mm -hmm. But the love, the love that was at the heart of your relationship, your marriage is still there. Mm -hmm. You might just need to dig a little deeper to find it. Yeah. You know? You might never, ever, ever be the same again. Yeah. But we want to reassure you mm -hmm. that the storms and wind that blew was mm. not designed to break you, yeah. but to build you yeah. and make your home and marriage stronger. Mm -hmm. So there are steps that you can take to redefine your home, reinvent yourselves, and to move forward. Yes. Now, I love 2 Corinthians 4, 8-9 in the Message Translation. It says this. It says we've been surrounded and battered by troubles hmm. but we are not demoralized we're not sure what to do but we know that god knows what to do hmm. we've been spiritually terrorized wow. but god hasn't left our side mm -hmm. we've been thrown down but we haven't been broken wow. indeed stella god is our ever-present help in times of need and now more than ever wow that's so powerful that's so powerful and we know that, you know, the storms that have come, like we said, and I just want to pray over every, ma every marriage represented here, everyone who is listening. And we just want to pray that God will reach out and heal you right where you need healing. He will touch you and he will mend the brokenness of your home and that he will give you the wisdom the wisdom to take the steps that are necessary to heal together, to heal together. I, I bring before your loss, I bring your loss before God and I say, Father, Lord, reach them, touch them, mold them. And Lord, let them be a marriage that your presence reigns in. Let people be able to look in their homes and say of a truth, God has helped them. Mm. God has restored them. Amen. Thank you because you promise never to leave or forsake us. Yes, Lord. Lord, everyone who is experiencing turbulence in their marriage, Father, may they find you near. Amen. Place the right people around that will speak love and hope into them. Lead Amen. them to the right help. And Lord, give us a testimony. Amen. Our marriages will not be a statistic Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That was an amazing prayer. Thank you so much. I mean, uh, Stella, we still have a lot to cover. Yeah. But we will continue this in, in um, part two of yes, this episode. Yes. Of, so next next week we'll continue this. So listeners, please don't forget to like, subscribe to our podcast, leave us a comment. Mm. Let us know how this episode has impacted you. Let us know. If you, you if you would like to embark on some grief recovery work as well or want to speak 
to us some more mm. you can email email us at hello at when life stops.org so next week we'll be back yes we'll be back part of this um topic yes 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 so till next time continue to find new meaning to life bye bye cheers thank you for joining us we hope you found great value in this episode yeah don't forget to subscribe to our podcast review and share see you next week Thank you.